episode 12, The Exit Strategy. We took a week break, but we're back talking about interest rates, what's happening in the tech world, what are the latest cycles that are happening in the market. Now let's hear the count. One, two, three, four. You're listening to The Exit Strategy, a podcast that inspires open discussions about financial news and technology today. My name, Marcus McGarian, a recovering SaaS vendor joined by my co-hosts, Ralph DeFiori and Swadek Mazumdar. And we're sitting down with startup founders, technology experts. Now let's begin. We've spoken in previous podcasts that the interest is still there, but the number of deals happening have decreased over the quarters as time goes on. And, you know, like today we saw Order Groove raise $100 million and but at the same time we see FTX collapse, um, which was that Bitcoin or that cryptocurrency uh, that they signed an LOI, didn't go through, and then... The investor just bailed. I mean, to me, what it says is that like we either have to rebalance where we are, or we need to basically figure out where we're going. Look, I'm no crypto expert, but from what I read, it wasn't only uh, uh, the collapse was only wasn't only due to business conditions, or uh, uh, you know consumers. Uh, pulling back and not buying crypto, it was some fraudulent uh, uh, things going on at that company. And like I say, I don't know, uh, but that's what I've read. And that's what's been uh, uh, said, that uh, there's something going on there that's uh, beneath the surface. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, these firms had to lose that much money, but uh, part of it is the regulatory environment is not as robust as it is in the brokerage industry. And there's a lot of people calling for uh, a change in that uh, uh, situation right now, given the FTX uh, collapse. So, uh, you know, look for more regulation and more control and more uh, transparency. Uh, I think that's going to be the result of this FTX uh, crash. Swadek, what are your thoughts on this? Um, You know, uh, Ralph is uh, exactly right. We've had, you know, going back to the uh, 1929-30 30 you know, uh, depression of the market to 91, 2001, every time we've had these kind of disruptions, there's been some regulations that's come in. At the end of the day, it's protection of the investor's money. These these are real uh, money being evaporated. We're talking about 16 billion. So it's a reversal of fortune. If you look at his net worth, uh, Sang Bankman's, uh, you know, from 16 billion to zero in a span of a few days, the question arises, is is this really this whole crypto, uh, you know, industry, is it really an asset class? You know, before the last two, three years, it's been looked upon as an asset class. But when you have something, a debacle the way it has happened, you know, at the speed at which it's happened, 
is it really an asset class? And that's exactly to the point of what Ralph is making. If it's an asset class, it has to have regulations in place. Otherwise, you know, if there are no checks and balances, uh, it gets very difficult. That mm-hmm. industry will never grow. You'll never have mass adoption, you know, and that, you know, begs the question of all these big uh, VC and, you know, uh, other institutions, private equity guys who are putting in billions into uh, these kind of industries. Uh, and I read some, you know, uh, on Sequoia, I read some internal uh, which was, you know, disclosed. I didn't read internal, but uh, which was uh, released uh, about when they made an investment, there was hardly any due diligence done. It was more like, oh, I like this guy. So the question is, just being in an industry which is esoteric doesn't do, uh, doesn't need a lot of diligence. Is that an investment style now? If that be the case, then, you know, we have to ask very important questions. I mean, you know, so we're, yeah. we're, we, if we if we look at, I mean, Crunchbase is one of the best sources of data that we see in the market. But we we they literally have been plastering their news channel with the new uh, you know unicorn counts or global venture dollar volumes through Q three, and we, we keep seeing we're going back to literally Q three twenty twenty. I mean, it's I mean the the number of unicorns have dropped tremendously, but. I don't see that as a problem. I see that as a consequence of these interest rate movements. I mean, it's literally, it's simply just the consequence of things that are happening in the market that impact the global market. Um, Ralph, that will, uh, uh, Marcus, that will happen because, as you mentioned, if you have an alternative uh, vehicle that gives you a certain amount of risk-free capital uh, return, you know, money is going to flow into that. Uh, you know, when you have a zero uh, environment with zero interest rate, there's not much that's going to happen. People are going to invest in growth equity or high risk equity as it's happened. And that's what gives rise to all these unicorns. Some of these unicorns fundamentally do not have, you know, the power to be at the level they were. So they are all balancing out and happens every time the culling off the bad deals happens when you have a downturn in the market. We've seen that, you know, Every every decade, you know, we had it in two thousand eight. I, I mean, I've I've been telling you guys off off uh, off the podcast. You know, we should really be focusing on the expansions, the United States, because the capital is still there, the ease of doing business is still there. But like, you know, we in here here in France, I keep trying to go to these con- one conference every week. Like tomorrow or this weekend, you have one called Made in France, and there's a t- ton of companies that no one has ever heard of in the United States. And what we're seeing, especially um, we're seeing that American companies, investors and lenders are open to people from Europe investing or expanding their business to the United States, it's particularly expanding their business in the United States. Because here, what what's interesting is that when I was running this uh, Brazilian bank, what was interesting was that all of our customers there were engineering companies were usually European. All the people that we would raise money from would usually be from the United States because all of the industry or manufacturing basically wasn't in the United States or they were just too big for us to deal with. Um, so what I'm seeing is that like what we're probably going into is more of this traditional business that's going to be coming back 
over the short term. I believe that if, especially when we look at like treasury rates, how it peaks up at two years and it starts going down to the 10 year that we're having maybe that like in the short term, we're going to be seeing this move to like more industrial manufacturing kind of business over to the technology business after that. You are right. There are, there are pockets of money uh, that do, cannot access or don't have uh, the eyeball to access some of the deals that you're looking at. And if we can, if we can do that uh, efficiently, uh, that matching is, uh, you know, going to be great. I mean, Ralph, you, you've been through many cycles. What, what, what do you think we're going next? No, I would guess down. But, but Ralph, um, don't you think uh, you down I, until they pump yeah. more money into the economy? That uh, we QE, uh, what QE mm -hmm. are we up to now? <laughs> well, I mean, here's something very interesting I heard uh, uh, that um, the last several years have been, um, let's say, economic growth has uh, uh, been supported by both an easy Fed and fiscal spending. And now if the Republicans control the House, the fiscal spending's not going to be there, you know, unless things get really bad, uh, I, I guess is what this person was saying. And uh, uh, the Fed will be the only one in the market trying to stimulate the economy. So that uh, that gives you a little more information about what the uh, future holds if uh, if that is accurate that the uh, the republicans aren't going to spend more money and there'll only be the fed out there trying to stimulate the economy if we have a downturn now like i said i th i think um, i think we're we are going to have a slower economic environment will we have a recession i i don't know maybe we'll have a recession maybe it won't be deep and it won't be long that that's the best scenario but um uh, the the last several months have certainly been dramatic in terms of the constraint uh on economic growth uh put in place by the fed uh, you know for the f near future Ralph, I don't want to get too much into the politics of it, but I don't think it's a Republican or Democrat. You know, there's been free money when the Democrat or the Republicans came on as well. So maybe the circumstances yeah. were different, but, you know, it's just not the Democrats that have increased it to $31 trillion. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm and, not know, saying that at all. Free money has been given by any, everyone here. Given, given how the uh, Republicans have... Uh, uh, postured over the last several years about the amount of spending that uh, has occurred uh, by the federal government. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in a great mood to spend even more, unless it's a deep recession. So. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, that, that the jury's out on that. Uh, whether it's deep or long, I think it will be long rather than deep. But, you know, if... The indication of what happened yesterday in the market uh, is a testament of how the market feels. It's just holding its rain back 
waiting to explode again, which might not be the right thing to do. So, uh, or might not be the right environment because I don't think the Fed has, you know, said anything other than saying we will monitor inflation on on a monthly basis or, or every CPI basis. So just CPI comes at a level where we feel you know they will come down they would not do a 75 basis point but do a 50 basis point it's still it's still you know raising rates um and and you know taking money think, out of uh, i think the best the, the clearest picture of what the market holds is if you look at this ftx thing where on wednesday they announced we signed the loi and i tell all our clients the loi means nothing on thursday they're like Deal's done. On Friday, FTX is filing for bankruptcy. Cover news on the FT magazine or newspaper. You know, <laughs> uh, you are right, uh, uh, Marcus. It's not, you know, what doesn't bother me that FTX filed for bankruptcy, wiped out $30 billion. It's the investment that's gone in by these so-called sophisticated funds, Anderson Horowitz, Lightspeed, name it. You know, some Sequoia, Sequoia lost Sequoia, a lot of money. Sequoia just wrote off $210 million. That's real money. That's not virtual money. That's real money that's been wiped out. So the LPs have to ask real questions. But I am also, uh, you know, there's a lot of co-mingling of funds. You have the FTX, uh, FTX Stadium. There's an you know, FTX Stadium? After- yeah, the Miami what? Heat Stadium is called the FTX. Get Basketball out of here. Stadium. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've, they've invested in Robinhood. They've invested in uh, Skybridge. They've invested in all these things. What happens now? You know, so those investments were real investments, right? You filed for bankruptcy. You know, uh, there was a conversation today whether this is really a Lehman moment for the blockchain world. Uh, you know, and the argument was not, it wasn't, it's not a Lehman moment, but it's an Enron moment. And that is accurate. Enron was based on fraud. This is to the same level, fraudulent, mm-hmm. rather than rather than macro or business econ- uh, uh, economy, you know, those things, it's not, it was just bad business practice. You know, they acquired in the last four or five months, FTX acquired a lot of uh, dying crypto assets. So they all commingled that to save them from, you know, because uh, Sam felt if they falter, it's bad on the ecosystem. But guess what? You faltered now. What do you what do you think of crunch bases October 2022? Unicorn lists. It's it's the official moment here. You you have uh, financial services. It's out of Tokyo. It's not the United States. Uh, you have Indonesia has a um, FinCEL uh, buy now pay later, which I I'm shocked that this that sector is still growing like crazy. I just I guess that Indonesia hasn't been targeted by an um, afterpay or uh, uh, whatever other group, uh, Klarna, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and insurance. You know, in out of Israel, but we we could see that maybe the only thing out of the United States is Web three. 
right? And and Web3 is basically like it's a made-up name for VCs to use to distract them from the scam and losses in crypto. It's a fanciful promise to decentralize, but it looks more like a, a re-centralization under a new ownership. So it's more like Web 2.1 with many of these companies kind of it's the only thing yeah, you, put bells and, you put all these bells and whistles so the more esoteric it is look at what happened 2008-9 right all the cdos when people didn't understand them they were still the one that making money till you make money nobody questions you no once you no. start losing money people you know kind of look under the hood same thing is happening here and will happen here i think <laughs> but the point is real money is being put into this we we've had you know uh, the three arrow, which was the hedge fund, we have the Celsius ventures that was giving you seven, eight percent when the market was giving you two percent. But there's something wrong, there's so much of a disconnect. But nobody's asking those important questions why is somebody doing what? Uh, you know, and I read an article about uh, a few months ago, which Warren Buffett uh, spoke about the crypto world, uh, and he said, you know, this is going to end badly. So I don't know if that's prophecy or not i th i think there is technology there but i just don't know you know the frothiness that's out there is still going to last or not you know you're showing stuff in real estate a lot of stuff happening in that space as well you know a mm. fractional bitcoin purchase and sale but if that industry or the asset class gets wiped out or yeah. gets depressed severely what happens we got we got solicited this week by a guy who wanted to fractionalize like Van Gogh paintings. And then like, you know, you buy a piece of it and then you could, could make revenue from leasing it out or lending it. NFT is happening that all the time. NFT yeah. does it all the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and F NFTs are, NFTs are fun. It's a J JPEG with uh, uh, provenance. You know? Watermark. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much what it is. It's like, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a lot, but I mean, still all the things that are happening that are still unicorning this month that is very cutting edge is still in the United States. The things that have been done, like buy now, save later, happen in Indonesia becoming unicorn now, that's happening there now when that was happening years ago in the United States. So it's, it's still like, the great thing is that like the United States is still the best place to go and become a unicorn. Bar hands down, undoubtedly, and and then what we have here when I when I'm going to conferences in in Paris or if we go over to the Netherlands or whatever it is, the, every single person takes a U.S. company, copies it, and then says it's their own, and we're just like, no, 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 you literally that ex that's this in the United States. No, there there are a lot of clones. Uh, you know, all all jurisdictions. I see that happening in India. I see that happening in South Korea. Those two markets I've been involved with. Uh, you know, I see that in the Middle East to a certain extent. Um, you know, I just returned from there. You know, you have all these copycat things, you know, but, uh, you know, what I would like to kind of ask Ralph is, you know, we look at, we present uh, at times some of our portfolio companies or companies that we are involved with to these big VCs and they hit us on the head and look at all the revenues and my God, projections, we need five years this, five years that, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't pass the litmus test because, you know, you don't have all that. And then they go ahead and invest in these esoteric asset classes. What's the disconnect here, Ralph? 
Yeah, well, these are they're expecting unicorns. Um, uh, that's why, you know, and uh, a smart guy comes with a smart plan uh, in a new exciting area. You know, the great the great thing about investing in a new area, uh, like when Facebook started, the or, unknown unknown, right? <laughs> or well, no, no, no. There, there's there's like no regulation. There's uh, because it's brand new. Uh, there isn't any regulation, so you can grow like Topsy without being tapped on the shoulder, and um, that's a good thing. And and let's face it, there's a lot of competition for unicorns. Uh, a lot of people want to find them and invest in them. So speed is important and making a commitment is important. So I, I understand where these VCs are coming from. Uh, you know, they, they got to grab it while they can. And okay, so they lost money on this one. They'll make it up uh, 10 times more on some other unicorn. But that does not, but that does not, uh, let them, you know, we can't give them a pass just because they don't understand something. I, I personally feel, you know, one, once they don't understand certain things, they are, I wouldn't say scared, but they try and not ask certain questions that will make them look foolish because they want to. Well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, there may be fraud here. So, I mean, uh, once you start a company uh, with uh, all the good intentions of the management team and the board and the investors, uh, that's one thing. But as it gets down the road and something happens uh, to jeopardize the uh, company, that's a little bit harder to control. Um, so, Ralph, FTX had no board. It was one person. Okay, well, I mean, the, is, isn't the, that isn't that isn't that a red flag right away? Don't we ask those questions when we see companies? Who's your board? Who's on the management team? You know, who's you know, doing the crossing? Uh, the uh, the you know, who's doing the uh, checks and balances? Don't we ask those questions? We ask them uh, all the time, right? Swatik, yeah, but you know, uh, uh, six months ago, I remember. I, in fact, I sent it around to the whole firm maybe you remember, is that uh, there's such fierce competition for these unicorns. And uh, the concern is that the management team can do whatever it wants. Uh, the VC just wants in. So you're saying, maybe, you're saying it's the formal attitude, the fear of missing out, so let's invest. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that article? Yeah, I do. I really do. And, you know, yeah. but that's that's the point, though. That means you're not doing your diligence. You're not well, doing I, what you're asked to do. Yeah. You know, you, you fiduciary your duties to. I'm sure they do some level of diligence, but I'm sure it's uh, done faster than, uh, you know, maybe a smaller deal would be. Uh, and with kids gloves. If you look at how yes, this was done. Yes, certainly. Uh, I think that was the focus of that article, that um, it's done with kid gloves and it's done because the VC firm doesn't want 
to appear to be pushing around management teams. But look, all that's going to change now with a, a loss of this magnitude. Uh, you could be sure that they're going to be taking a keen look at uh, everything that comes through their door. True, true. And again, it's not just uh, FTX. I think FTX is going to take a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage with FTX, you know, when they have invested in so many different other assets and some real assets um, mm. to, to, to have that all wiped out. Uh, I think very important questions are going to be asked. And that was, I think that's going to give the government regulators more, uh, you know, more ammunition to go after regulations because that's, they've been, they've been, you know, pushed aside or been kept at bay uh, because, you know, blockchain in general is decentralized. They don't want any government interference. Uh, but at the end of the day, real people are putting real money when they lose real money and that to this kind of magnitude, I think the regulators have to step in. There's no, no two ways about it. I think the problem we're coming into is that like if you have rising interest rates and you have a lot of these unicorns, but you have a slowdown in that whole market, is that like people are going to start really going back to basics because everything I learned in business school, it didn't really apply to a lot of these tech companies that we were advising because it was, it was all about multiples at top levels and profits didn't always matter. And like a lot of lenders were like, yeah, we're okay with negative EBITDA. We'll still give you money. And in, in being here in Europe, I mean, I've told you guys before, I mean, like the getting debt here is like pulling teeth. It's, it's crazy. We're so much more sophisticated in the United States and it, it, it pisses me off because um, it does slow down growth here, but there's got to be a secret sauce that we have in the United States that I'm still trying to learn about. And I mean, the only solution, I, the only thing I could say is like, uh, you know, we're the global currency, but um, you know, what, what happens when like a group like uh, Credit Suisse starts paying 9% yield on their bonds and they're like a massive group? I mean, is it safe to buy this or? Marcus, I think in the United States, we do financial engineering really well. Yeah. So if if 2024 forecast doesn't look good from our multiples, we go to 26. If it 26 doesn't look good, we go to 28. I'm just, you know, tongue in cheek. But, you know, all these different multiples, depending on which industry you are, we just play it. We reverse engineer it to make it look possible, you know, but what you just said in business school, you learn what reality is when that reality sets in our times like these. And that's why you're seeing less of unicorns because people do not want to invest in things yeah. that don't make sense if they don't make revenues. And uh, Europe is very much aligned like in India. In India, it's not, you know, Making a loss is like a, you know, is is shameful. They want to make profit from day, day, day one. And I do tell some of these companies, you know, we're looking for growth. We're looking for market share as well. So kind of balance that out. But the DNA is such. The DNA is always every year we have to be profitable. If we are not, we're doing something wrong. In the U.S., it's different. It's more about hyper growth. It's more about market share. I mean, I think that, that I get. think that like if if I, I believe that 
I, I don't know. I, I predict that rates will come back down and then that's going to refuel the whole thing because you could see it with like the long-term treasuries when like the yields are kind of like hitting a peak at in, in two years and they start going down in the future. Um, it's kind of like the inverted yield curve was like a big thing back in like, uh, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, especially during like the, the financial uh, crisis. But like, um, you know, you have, you have, you have too many things that are changing all the time from like 2008, the tech sector picked up like crazy. And today we're talking about space literally outer space so you know it's it's there's so much that's going to be coming in the future like in, in 100 years ago the bull market to invest in was like the rail market you know investing in the railroad was like the sure thing you know but it was still like the unknown thing because you still you know didn't know where that market was going but today you know you can't really think of like the traditional but like we're mixing traditional with what's the what's in whole what's in store in the future, Marcus, I'm not a big predictor of market movements, but I can predict one thing: um, we are going to have the the biggest bull market moving forward. Going, you know, I don't know when it's going to start, but you know, 2008 nine people were in disarray. We thought, you know, world is coming to an end, and we had the best bull market ever. A lot of assets was created, a lot of wealth was created. I think the same thing is going to happen. We can't, you know, treasuries being at four or five, you will have assets move there. But at the end of the day, it's the growth. It's growth companies, it's tech companies. That's where the money is going to go. Eventually, that's going to happen. You know, we, we, we have short memories. We'll forget this, this period and we'll be gung-ho again moving forward. That's what I feel. We we know that the uh, there's no school like the old school, right, Ralph? Mm. A lot of I was the... thinking of the uh, I was thinking of the uh, crash in the late '60s. I forget whether it was '67 or '69. That was because of uh, the conglomerate craze. Do you remember that, Swantek? I wasn't born. <laughs> well you know all these companies were going out and becoming conglomerates and then the whole thing fell apart and then uh what was it in 74 i guess they were trying to lick inflation and you had the oil crisis uh i, I remember the jungbon era i well, remember the jungbon era in the 1990s late 80s and 90s yeah, they had uh, today. Yeah, it's like not, milk it's not today. It's not conglomerate. It's uh, ecosystem. The tech oh, yeah. sector just, just keeps worse. changing the yeah. word. Do the like, same thing. It, it, it's like you <laughs> know like we that. we executed the contract in tech. It's the conversion. You know, like it's like it's not an LOI. It's a PO. It's the same thing. Yeah. But in tech, you just need to know the the, the different acronyms and different words. I mean, that's. What I learned taking a hiatus. But, but isn't, uh, isn't it interesting that the Fed started raising rates and FTX crashed? You know, mm -hmm. the Fed started raising rates and uh, all the cryptocurrencies came down. Oh, right. It, the Fed it, started and... raising rates and the tech stocks, who everybody said were, I shouldn't say everybody, 
a lot of people thought were overvalued at incredibly high uh, PE ratios, and they started coming down. Yeah. You know, uh, this is what the Fed does. It takes the uh, punch bowl out of the party, you know. Yeah, it takes yeah. the wind out of the sails for sure. Uh, you know, I don't know about the the crypto market, but obviously it does relate. It's directly related to the growth areas in the tech sector, right? The alternate money that was going into the crypto world, I think, was a lot of greed and the unknown. And, you know, we've had some folks talking about this on a podcast. Um, it all sounds great, but it's all virtual. Right, you talked about NFT. You talked about Monet being fractionalized. I mean, you you've had a lot happen this year between like uh, invasions in multiple countries and like uh, people. You know, and we have one month left, month and a half. By the way, China. Talking about that, China. China uh, said, "Be prepared for war." Yeah, because Biden's over there right now. He landed like fifteen hours ago. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, he's over there, and he basically said he's uh, he's pro uh, Taiwan. Let me let me pull up a thing here for you, kind of thing. I was, um, yeah. There's here it is. It's like she um, leave that out there. She Biden meeting Taiwan tops agenda, and then he literally um, talks about you know uh, protecting Taiwan. You know, it's a it's a long article to read. But like, um, he's Biden's in China with with all the political disruption. I would call it disruptions happening that's going on in the U.S. I I totally missed our president traveling to China. That's that's big news, actually. Uh, is it China or is it uh, Taiwan? Is he? He's in China with um, with President Xi, Mister Xi. Oh, wow. You know, love to see what comes out of that. Something will come out of it. The yeah, there, um, there, you know, there there is there is. You're right. This year has been it's a crazy year. You know, and we by the way, we still have COVID. We forgot about that. Yeah. Right? To uh, remember, I, remember before COVID, you had the Australian forest fires, and then we were beating pots and pans six months later. Every at seven p.m. for the freaking. Uh, people that were working in the healthcare sector. <laughs> and- you know, it's funny. I was traveling last week. I was going to the Middle East, and they asked me for a vaccination card. I'm like, excuse me? You guys are still, you know, looking at that? They say, yeah, we can't let you board till you don't have a vaccination card. So, you know, yeah. I thank God I had it on my phone, uh, which I showed to them. But so so COVID is not done. They're talking about They're talking about new strains coming out. They're talking about, uh, winter, it's going to take another, you know, it's going to morph into something else, uh, but be COVID again. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in 2022, and the year is not over yet. Well, we're definitely going to have to pick that up in the next podcast because we still have, we have to, we're doing it weekly. We're doing it weekly. We're going to keep up to date with what's happening between COVIDs and China's and tech sectors and interest rates and everything else. But like uh, Ralph Swadek, any last words before we cancel this uh, episode? Marcus, fantastic work on, you know, building the footprint 
uh, in France and Paris for us. Uh, Ralph is always the great leader. I love the painting behind him. It, it's getting bigger and bigger and livelier and livelier. I was going to say NFT that, but right now, maybe not. Uh, looks better on your wall. Right? That's, his, that's his daughter's painting. Better on your that. wall. Yeah. Right. From her gallery. From her gallery. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll but we'll see how this we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Yeah. Let's see. The, the downfall, and let's see what kind of. If there's a recession, ahead. we can uh, pull this out. You can hear my prediction. You got it. <laughs> you got and it. we we could say we knew. Yeah, Not we. The podcast. Ralph, Ralph, the podcast Ralph called, it. called it. He called Ralph, it in 2022. And I'm going to call, we're going to have the big, biggest bull market coming forward, right. or going forward. I don't know when, though, but it will happen. Someday. All right, Take guys. Care, guys. Talk soon. It's been a pleasure. As always. Take care. Be well. Up. was episode 12 of The Exit Strategy. Thank you for listening. Like, share, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you the next episode.